This summer, Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Wines and TuneIn are teaming up to take listeners on a curated audio adventure alongside some of the most exciting names in music. Coppola Diamond Collection wine cans can go anywhere, and so can our Sense of Adventure podcast. In this third and final episode, we talk to Margot Price about her pre-show rituals, how she likes to spend her free time on tour, her love for playing the drums, which she is preparing to do at her sold-out show at the Haw River Ballroom, a very unique venue built out of an old cotton mill by visionary promoter and owner Heather Lagarde. We also caught up with some diehard Margot fans who made the trip all the way out to the Riverside Village of Saxapaw, North Carolina, to catch Margot in concert. And we close out the episode with Margot performing Nowhere Fast for a sold-out crowd. You won't want to miss that. We'll pick up the conversation with Margot and I walking back from fishing and talking about what the rest of her summer might look like. Have you played Outside Lands before? Forgive me, I'm not. No, no, I haven't. I didn't think so. Wait till you see that park. That yeah, is really pretty. Oh my God, it's it's one of my favorite festivals in the country. Actually, both of those festivals, Newport and, and Outside Lands, it's just a different experience. You know, obviously Newport, you ride a water taxi. Mm-hmm. No driving, which is great. And Outside Lands, there's redwoods everywhere. It's freezing though. Tell you and the band, it's Mark Twain freezing. So you're heading back up to Newport Folk again, where of many, many ambassadors of that place, it feels like you're very much an ambassador in the last few years in a super cool way. Oh, it's been great to, to go up there. Is there an additional responsibility in your mind of feeling that like ambassadorship or is it just a, no, a great No, I don't festival? feel like an ambassador. I just feel like a musician. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I've wanted to play that festival for a long time. There's a a thing that they used to do, it was called Nashville to Newport. Uh-huh. And it was like, all the cool kids got to do it, and I was never invited. In the museum stage, yeah, that's a great one. Yes, it's got a good vibe in there. That room's really nice. I saw John Moreland play in that room. I think I was there, that, I played Were you? that same year. I didn't have my band backing me up, though. I had some other guys, because I couldn't afford to bring him down that year, but. The keyboardist, what's his name? Micah, Micah Holscher. He's a bad man. Yeah, he's. He's great. Organ tones are ridiculous. Great player. So somewhere in Midwest Farmer's Daughter, you started being able to get the band together the way you want and bring them constantly on the road the way you wanted? Yeah, When did that happen? It was, um, we'd probably been touring with with the entire band, minus Micah, um, about a year leading up to that, so. Oh, got it, cool. Yeah. On the short run of dates, where have you guys played? We were in Memphis last week. Played the Beale Street Music Festival. Wait, is it Beale Street? It used to be Memphis in May. Now it's called Beale Street. Last night we were in Charlotte. We had played there at this um, a whitewater rafting training facility, but it was like pouring down rain, and like also like we were the stage was like in the middle of the facility, so like there was there's like you know water and people Uh going around in kayaks and all this stuff, but then there was like rain coming down and of course I've got a really expensive like old guitar that's very (laughs) fragile and then my pedal steel player his like his stuff was all getting wet and yeah so that was the the time we were there last time we played Charlotte and then the time before that we played at the Evening Muse to seven people I'm not even kidding (laughs) (laughs) I think we did 600 or something last night but it was my first time like yeah going back there after that's tremendous now I'm just holding a nasty sucker stick. This is mom stuff. Do you want to hold it? I'll give it to my mom. Okay. No, it's grandma stuff. <laughs> give me that gum. 
We left Margot's mother Candace to deal with the mom stuff of sticky lollipop wrappers and ABC gum, and we jumped in the bus to get Margot back to the venue in time for soundcheck. All right, so we'll head up the hill. Uh, you've got soundcheck, dinner, rest for a little bit, and then the show. What's a typical Margot pre-show kind of routine? I usually just wake up and try to figure out where we're at. Sure. <laughs> Find the nearest coffee and get some breakfast. And then usually I hit the gym and go work out and then... You paddled today. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I think I still might go hit the gym. We'll see. Oh, they have girl. a really nice gym here. And... Uh, they thought of everything at this venue. Yeah, they, they've got it really... They've got it figured out. But uh, well, yesterday we went and hit up a, a vintage clothing place or um, we'll go to a record store or something. We try to see a little bit of the town if we can and then it starts the job of loading in and you know all the guys get everything all set up and um, set up the two drum kits and the... <laughs> I love the double drums. I can't yeah. wait to see that tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We just added it this year. So yeah, we... We sound check, and we were doing these meet and greets, so people would come in and sure. watch our sound check. But we didn't do them for these few dates because I wanted to kind of rest my voice and sure. and whatnot. Just as the heavens opened up and it began to pour, we left Margot on her tour bus to rest her voice and get ready for the show. We wander around and explore this unique venue in a tiny river town, an hour and a half outside any place anyone has ever heard of. And in the process, we met a few Margot superfans and solved the age-old mystery of how to pronounce the name of this darn town. Well, first of all, how do you pronounce the name of the town? Saxifa, Sats, I You guess leave the Sax A out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the locals say, leave the A out. And like, yeah. we're Californians, we're saying Saxifa. And they're like, yeah. no, Saxifa. Yeah. How do you pronounce the, the name of the town? Saxifa. Right? See, that's pretty good. I mean, if you, See, if you, you drop, drop, if you drop a little bit, right. then no one questions you, you just kind of mumble it. Sex <laughs> Yeah, we prefer sex the paha, if you don't mind. <laughs> but, but how do you pronounce it? Ladies, how do you pronounce it? Sex the paha. Sex paha. Sex paha. Sex the paha. Sex paha. It's just sex paha. That's what I say. Sex the paha. Isn't that something? Sex the paha. The way it rolls off your tongue is just amazing. This is my first time here, but not my last. Okay, it took a couple of days, but I think we got it. Sex paha. Leave out the middle A. With that settled, we're ready to talk to some fans about their thoughts around Margot as an artist and how her music has influenced them. Well, I've bought five country music albums in the last 20 years, and two of them are Margot's. She's like the modern outlaw, man. She's reviving country music. I think she's real. She's not trying to put out, you know, pop hits or anything. She's, she's singing about experience, and that's kind of nice. She reminds me a lot of Patsy Cline in a lot of ways, and just kind of talking about political things that are current. Not scared to talk about right. that stuff. Yeah. And so that's exciting, especially because I think country music gets lumped into a lot of conversations in the right or like perceptions of that. Sure. So it's fun to have someone that's more vocal. I was having a it. really great time today talking to her specifically about political issues and um, demystifying the idea of women in music. Yes. And she does it so easily in these songs. Talks about, look, we're out on the road and it's a problem, but yet all these men are running around on the road. And and I love how she addresses that, the women's issues, like straight on. Pay gap and cow. Yeah, exactly. And pay gap, you know, a big, big moment in that. But yeah, you're right. Sturgill and 
the, the joke of the Americana Avengers was Sergio and Jason Isbell and, yeah. and oh Nikki God, Lane yes. and Margot Price and, and Lucas Nelson too, huh? right? Yeah. Kind of doing it for the right reasons, you yeah. know? That's exciting. It's super exciting. It feels like they're all protecting us. <laughs> well, especially too, like in this era, like after Johnny, after Merle, yeah. after Waylon, it's kind of been, yeah. I'd be curious to hear from her, like what that's been as an artist. How do you deal with this after these people have had, like, how do you create kind of in this wake? It's exciting, but it's also challenging because you almost have, like, their ghosts. Sure. The new guard is here, I think, thankfully. Hopefully. Just before showtime, we caught up with the promoter and owner of the Ha River Ballroom, Heather Lagarde. Guys, we're standing with Heather Lagarde, who books and runs... The Ha River Ballroom, which has instantly, within 12 hours, become one of my favorite venues in the country. Oh, that's awesome. It's like, honestly, we've, we've been lucky enough to see some stuff, but this feels incredible. Cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the place? Yes. So, it was a mill? It was. The building below us is a cotton mill, but this was a dye house. So, this is where all the cotton came in, turned into different various colors, and got dried and sent back out in the old days. Wow, and what year did it cease being uh, the dyeing plant? I think in the 50s or 60s, right. the cotton mill kept going until the 90s, actually, until wow. a tornado took the roof off of it. So this building, though, is younger but ended sooner, if that makes sense. So sure. it's a pretty decrepit state when we got it. Right. It's incredible, and um, obviously we're making a, a podcast here, so all of you can't see. Um, <laughs> it's an incredible building. Was the... Uh, the residence side, was that mimicking the original kind of architecture? Was that new? Or um, was it actually still part of it? It was all part of it. All of this was the original building. Wow. So the only thing we did was make some windows in it. Sure. And cut some holes in it so there, so that there, we made a courtyard where that used to be all one building so that the lofts could have some windows. Sure. And But the ballroom itself had no windows at all. It was two dark floors of concrete that just used um, gravity to let the dye water drop down. So the first floor wow. was just concrete pillars about every three feet holding up the second floor using gravity. And the lower mill was just run by a race, which is just a little channel of the river that got cut out that was running a cog in the ground that had a pole on it. And Saxabaha is very green, and so it's hydroelectric powered. The ballroom is running on geothermal and solar power. And yeah, totally. Gray water, radiant heat, all that stuff. So we're really glad. And we always like to jokingly tell the bands that the harder they jam out, the more electricity they make. It's not really true, but it feels good. Keep telling that. Yeah, so, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. When was the first show? The first real show was in 2011, mm -hmm. and it was wow. Gillian Welch. And she's continued to be like a huge helper. She's coming helper. back with she's Dave. She's coming back with Dave. Right, this will right. be the second time this year. Right. Um, Dave came. They alternate. So it's sure. Dave's show and her show, and this one's her show. Um, but she was supposed to be booked in uh, in a place in Wilmington that was an outdoor festival, and a hurricane was coming through. Uh -huh. So we got a call from her agent just saying, Heather, do you have anything on a Wednesday night? And I was like, yes, God, yes, we do. And uh, she's one of my favorites. And so she came in, and we uh, we honored the tickets of any of the hurricane folks who could make their way here. Very and cool. we had just got our beer license that day. Like, it was our first day. We didn't expect that show. It was a few days after we booked it. It sold out immediately. And, and so she came in, and it was this beautiful show, and she was tap dancing, and she made the audience sing I'll Fly Away all together. So it was like three floors of a sing-along, and I just doubled over crying. Like, oh, yes. I was on the third floor watching everyone going, how did this, how could this be the first night? You know, it's just not, sure. we thought it would sure. be years to get people sure. out here. We all grew up around music and a lot of us have parents who are musicians and grew up on the road and know what it's like. Got and it. so we really wanted to have people have a break and really just 
be appreciated, get a relaxing, well-fed experience. All right, I have to say, Heather's a very impressive person, and the Haw River Ballroom's a very special place. All right, let's head backstage, see if we can eavesdrop on the band a little bit in their pre-show ritual. Feel free to go upstairs. The set list is on the wall. I don't have an extra print. Okay. Yeah, and then you can find nowhere, nowhere fast, right? Yeah. Okay. One, Mississippi. through a scorching set and came back out to perform Nowhere Fast as the first song in the encore. Everybody calling out of work tomorrow? Yeah. We're going to do one more new one for you here just because, you know, you're special.
Sense of Adventure podcast is presented by Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Wines. The series is executive produced and hosted by me, Charles Raggio, produced by George Woolley, sound design and editing by Kevin Corregian. Our sound recordist was Stephen Thorpe, additional video production by Lavoie Creative. Special thanks to Margot Price and her manager, Amy Schmaltz at Monotone. And a shout out to tour manager, Mike O'Neill. Be sure to tune in for our next adventure as we connect with pop sensation Borns on the Tiki Mermaid off the coast of Los Angeles, California. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.